Yo, what's up, everybody? It is your boy David. I'm here with my boy Andres. Yo, and with the one, the only nannies in the house. Sheesh. Yo, uh, we are super excited. This is um, episode one of yeah. what is this? The what, what we didn't even talk about this. What is this called? The Eden Culture Podcast. Eden Education. A backstage, yeah. <laughs> backstage culture class, Eden. We'll, we'll, we'll decide that later. But uh, so the reason we are making uh, this first episode of, uh, we'll just say the Eden podcast for now, the Eden Culture Podcast, um, is because we had our first ever uh, culture class on Tuesday, yes. and so uh, as we've been saying here at Eden, uh, we think that culture is everything. Uh, culture is not just what we say and what we do, but culture is who we are. And so uh, we think that culture, uh, it's either um, we, we set culture or culture would just happen by default. So culture happens by design or default. And so here at Eden, we want to be very intentional to not just uh, let culture happen, but we want to make sure we're designing culture, not just by uh, what we say, how we behave, but um, it, it's who we are. It's in our DNA. I agree. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so uh, we, we talked about a little bit on uh, Tuesday of what it looks like uh, for us here at Eden uh, to be people who have a plan. What it looks like uh, to step into all that God has called us to do, all that God's called us to be. Yeah, And so I think that uh, whether you're someone who's uh, the, I think there's two types of people, right? So there's the, uh, and it's perfect. I think I have these two types of people sitting next to me. Yeah. Uh, yes, I did it. Okay, okay. So to my left, we have Andy the man. Yo. And so if you know Andy, Andy is all about. I think Andy's about uh, organization. Uh, he's oh, yeah. about structure. He wants to know what's gonna happen. Um, and so Andy's very organized. And um, on the other hand, uh, Nani. Um, yeah, not. <laughs> no, on the other hand, uh, Nani is, sp- I would say, spontaneous. In eh, español, es la sal del mundo. You know what I mean? It's uh, it's just like, ah, like spontaneous that. vibes. What do you say, a free spirit? Free spirit, yes. And so there's two types of people, right? So there's people who organize their lives, like have a calendar, spreadsheets. You're super good at Excel. Uh, just, you know, let me know a week in advance so I can plan my schedule which is and, andy which is andy and then there's me and nani which are like ah spontaneous vibes let's go to joshua tree yeah. right now like let's right go now. to san diego right yes. and so we're very much like that andy on the other hand is like yo let me know in advance so i can plan my schedule and i will go according to my schedule right andy i think uh, we're saying I think, okay. Um, I think Andy uh, doesn't let <laughs> doesn't let his gas go under one fourth. Now, <laughs> me on the other hand, it's like it's like I have like so not even gonna lie. So I just my new my new car with my Beamer, right? I, I hit like the two. I'm not even lying. True story. So I was. And you don't even know this story yet. So oh, I no. was I, <laughs> I was driving the other day. And I used to have my Toyota Camry. And in my Camry, I knew that um, I had about 26 miles after um, it hit the double zero. Like after, like you're driving by faith, you know so what I mean? specific, 26 <laughs> miles. 26 miles. It, it, well, that's how far I've taken it before on the double zeros, like double dash. Oh All right, so God. that's the Camry. 
So I just got my, 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 my new car and I don't know how far that thing goes. And so I am at the double line. So it's already past zero miles. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I'm driving from my house to the gas station, which is uh, my local uh, Sam's Club gasoline station. Because my goodness, freaking $5 for yes, oh, yeah. uh, a tank of gas. Everyone hoard right your gas. Hoard Seriously. Your gas, First, it was toilet papers. <laughs> now it's gas. That, that, it's even, what, you're within, carrying a bomb. Within the Christian culture, all the freaking uh, uh, Chick-fil-A sauce is next, huh? Sheesh. No. <laughs> okay, so I'm driving down Warner Street, if you're in the OC. Driving down Warner Street, um, and I'm on the double zeros, double dash. And I literally, as I'm driving, don't do this while you drive. I go on Google because I don't know. What if I have to push my car, you know? And so I Google how far. Can a beamer go after you hit the double dash while driving while driving? And I got scared because some people put five miles no. and some people are just like, you should never do that. You shouldn't let it get yeah, that low. And so um, I was driving by faith and praise the Lord. I made it to the gas station. But here's what we're saying. Uh, there's two types of people. There's people who are organized and other people um, that we're not going to name that are very spontaneous and just trust the Lord a lot. And rely on the spirit. Yeah, like that one guy. Uh, Amen. <laughs> Start name dropping, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so I, I think there's two types of people, right? Uh, there's the person that you're like, yo, get here at 9. And they get there like 8.45, right? And then there's people that's 9 and then it's like 9.10. And it's you're barely getting out of the shower. And you're like, yo, oh my gosh. It's, sorry, bro. There's traffic. I'm yeah. on my way. <laughs> you in the we, car right now. <laughs> in the we've all done Starbucks, that. Dude. Seriously, we've all done that. Um, and then, you know, there's what they say, like, if you're on time, you're late, you know, and, and the organized person lives by that. And for us, it's like, yo, you know what they say? Tiempo Mexicano. You know what I mean? Mexican. That was, that was made because of us, the spontaneous people. Oh, the, yeah. La sal del mundo, you know what I mean? So there's two types of people. There's Andy and then there's us. Uh, there's a there's the organized and then there's a spontaneous. And so, regardless if you're someone who is very organized or someone who's very spontaneous, I think we've all asked ourselves the question before: What's the plan? Yeah. What What's the plan for my life? Yeah. Um, what was I created for? And I think we heard this. Uh, I think Rich Wilkerson said this last time. He was like, the two most important days of your life. Number one, do you remember that? Yeah. You want to see it? Uh, the day you're born. Yes. The day you're born. That's that's the one of the most important days. The second most important day is what? Is the day you find out why you were born. That's cool. That's fire right there. Yeah. So so the two most important days, uh, when you were born and the day you find out why you were born. And I think that all of us, whether you're a Christian or not a Christian, anything in between, we've all asked the question, why am I here? Yeah. Why was I created? Why am I still breathing? There must be more. And so uh, here at Eden, uh, one of the biggest things that we want to do is not just uh, be people who, you know, like, oh, God has a plan for your life, right? But be people who uh, give practical steps yeah. on how to understand why we were created. And so on Tuesday, we uh, did a, a specific passage. It's in Ephesians chapter one. Ephesians, right? Ephesians chapter one, uh, just context, Paul is praying uh, for uh, the believers. He's praying for the people. 
And uh, this is what the prayer looks like. And you want to go ahead and read that for us. Yeah. Ephesians 1, 16, it says, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the rich of us, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people. Awesome. And so in that passage, I think there's four simple steps, four practical things that I think um, God through the Apostle Paul gives us. And it's that famous Proverbs, right? Without vision, the people perish. Another translation, without godly prophecy, godly vision, mm. you know, the people perish. And I think all of us, regardless of where we find ourselves today, we need some godly vision, Amen. some prophetic vision in our life, some direction. And so uh, in this passage, there's four things. And Andy, you want to go ahead and talk to us about the first thing we see in this passage. What's the, the first thing the apostle um, invites us to do when it comes to knowing why we were created? What's the first step? Um, um, what I recall from Tuesday is the first step is to knowing Jesus, to having a relationship with him. Um, <laughs> really, um, I guess from my understanding, um, I'm 22 and I gave myself to, to Christ at 13 and from nine years of knowing, knowing God, I, I don't, I don't think I know that many verses. And, and so what I love about this is that this word, uh, know God, yeah. um, it doesn't necessarily speak of no 300 verses and you're saved. No, of course. But this, this no God, I think that's really important for us to get here at Eden church and just for anyone in general is to this word. No is, uh, speaks of like know God in a very personal, intimate way. So like knowing God and having a relationship with God. I think we all grew up in church or around church. Yeah. Let's go Monte de Sion vibes, huh? And, and so I think we, we all grew up in church or around church. And I don't know if anybody, any of you two have like a, I mean, like a little story or something of what you grew up thinking was Christianity and how over the years you've learned that that's not really what God asks of us. And how God wants a relationship with us instead of like religion and stuff like that. Yeah, I think for me, um, I grew up thinking that my relationship with God was very transactional. And so it was if I acted a certain way, then God would reward me. But if I did something bad, then something bad would happen to me. And yeah. kind of like the idea of like God was like karma, you know. Wow. And so like so growing good. up when even when I was in fourth grade, when something I would get a bad grade on a test and I would legit think like, oh, my gosh, this is God punishing me. <laughs> and oh and goodness. legit, that's the way that I grew up thinking. And so even when I got older and like I started um, struggling with more like serious, I guess, quote unquote, sins. Right. It was really hard to believe that God could ever love me because I thought that again, my relationship with him, with him was transactional. And I think it wasn't until last year that I realized um, stepping down from being a youth pastor, I felt God, like many other people have, like before you serve me, before you're a quote-unquote pastor, That's before good. you lead worship, before anything else, 
You're a child of God. So good. Yeah. And, and yeah, I think that's beautiful. I think uh, a lot of us, especially if you're like in ministry or anything like that, I think that it's very much like, yo, but it's if I do this, right, then that's what, and that's like, if I do good at this, then um, it's very transactional. Like, then God's going to love me. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know, I know at least from my part, I think I grew up with a lot of that mindset as well. Like, man, like I got to stop listening to like Bad Bunny, you know, because <laughs> that means I'm bad, you know. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, I, I think that I think that's something we can all step into a life of not just knowing about God, not just attending church. I think God saved us, died for us, not so we can go to church but so that we can have a relationship with him. Yeah. I think that he didn't go to a cross so that we can be consistent in, in our attendance at church. But I think God died for us so that we can actually, you know, spend time with him. And I think that uh, it's so much easier to attend than to have a relationship. Yeah. And I think a lot of us are, are willing to attend church and the like we were willing to attend church. Um, as an exchange of not having a relationship with God. And so we think that we are good people because we take the time out of our Sunday to go to church. Right. But if you think about it, God didn't die for us to go to church. He, he died for us to to be the church and to wow. be in relationship with him. That's good. And so I don't yeah, know about, I have, I have about a you. Little yeah, bit, go yeah. for it. No, yeah, definitely. Um, So I guess there's no really good way to put this, but like at my... um previous church don't name job boy no 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 no, no, no. you can say monte de sion bro no, 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 no. no like uh when i was um at a church in mexico um essentially um the youth uh i was part of the youth group we were kind of uh exploited in serving we were like every our, our reunions were like on saturdays and every saturday it was always serving something whether it was um the marriage couples like we were the waiters or going out and evangelizing, basically just giving out free, free food, water, and then some little booklets, some pamphlets. Yeah. And we were every week without a fail. We would always be serving. And where I'm getting at is like, until after, like after five years of doing that, I I realized that like, you can you can serve just to serve and. That's good. Your your heart's not there. Wow. Yeah. That's so. Good. I was at points. I would I would serve, and I'm my heart's not there. I'm just doing it because I have to. Because right. that's all yeah, I know. That's good. Wow. And so until after God cares about my heart, and if if I'm instead of serving, He wants to make sure my heart is where it's at for serving. And the reason yeah. why, wow. um, I guess I fall into organization, and why I it looks like I have everything like. Pretty together. much how I, together, yeah. <laughs> it's because I care. Yeah. Because God touched my heart and I, I care. I since I care about this, I want to make sure it's done right. That's correctly. good. Yeah. So and, and which is one of our, our church values and team values, right? Yeah. Um, make it better. Yeah. Know? And so I love that. And I think that even coming back to uh, this passage, I think Paul is saying, Hey, the first step in understanding why you were created, right? He starts off with the most important thing that our life basically depends on it's in knowing god that's why we were created it's to know god and so not just no information that's what we're talking about it's not just about information right. it's about being in relationship with god and the second thing 
uh, that we see here. Uh, Nani, what is the second thing we see in this passage when it comes uh, to um, knowing our calling? Uh, yeah, the second thing is finding freedom. And, and I think that's a huge one. Yeah. Because in this passage, uh, let me just reread this little portion here. Uh, this is Paul. He's saying, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him. That's what we talked about right now. So here's the second part. And this one's this one's really important. Uh, so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope in which he has called you. So that portion, I pray that he may, I pray that he may uh, open that he may enlighten the eyes of your heart. I think that a lot of us see life different with different filters based on things we've done, things we've lived, betrayal, hurt, addictions, habits. And so we can all be seeing the same thing, but we can all respond to that differently. For example, when I say church, everybody's already like I say church. And for some people, they think, wow, the best thing ever. Community, family. But but for some people, when I say church, what, what do they think of? Of hurt, pain, resentment. Religion. Religion. Separation. Separation. Betrayal. Yeah, division. And, and uh, so, so, so that's what I mean. And uh, we, when I say, you know, church, like all of us have gone through off, through life. <laughs> all of us have gone through life. All of us have gone through life and all of us have experienced different things. And so Paul is saying, I pray not only that you know God, but that the eyes of your heart may be open, that they may be enlightened. In other words, I pray that you find freedom, right. that you may be free from the past. And I think like even after that's such a great step after even just knowing God, because when you come to know God, you bring all these things from your past. And I think it's important to realize that. I think it's important to realize that those things sometimes shouldn't come into the future. And yeah. um Finding freedom from those things when you come to know Jesus is really important as well. Um, and I don't know if I phrased that. No, that's perfect. And, and I think it's uh, this idea that, um, yes, Jesus loves us and Jesus forgave all our sins, past, present, and future. But finding freedom is about letting go of things that come, can't come into your future. Right. Like if you're going to know why you were created, if you're going to be all that God's called you to do, if you're going to uh, not be in the sidelines anymore, there's some things that are holding us back. Yeah. There's some bitterness we need to leave in the past. There's some pain we need to let go of. There's some forgiveness we need to extend to other people, to ourselves. Right. For things that they've done to us, things we've done. And, and, and Paul's saying, hey, I pray that you know God. I pray that... Um, that you, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And I think that's even important, like, um, that your the eyes of your heart may be open because sometimes you may not even realize what's in your past that you're bringing wow. with you. And so I think it's important that 
your the the eyes of your heart open to whatever you need to be freed from. Yeah. And 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 the thing that's crazy about this one right here is that the way we find freedom. Dun 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 dun. <laughs> this is the recipe, not the recipe. This is the not the secret sauce. This is the equation not the equation it's like this is formula this is the the if there was a formula to freedom and this is gonna shock some of you and we said this on tuesday right um this is gonna shock some of you because a lot of us grew up thinking that freedom was found just between god and me and before you stop listening to this hear me out yes god offers us Everything we need to be free. Yes, God is the one who gives us forgiveness. But God has set in place a structure in which we can find freedom. And James talks about this. He says, confess your sins to each other so that you may be healed. God gives forgiveness, but God, the answer to humanity, it's his church. We find healing in community. We find freedom in community. And man, the pandemic has, we were talking about this earlier. Like this is the loneliest generation. generation. Yeah. This is where we put the crickets effect. No, don't even try. <laughs> I see Andy reaching for the board. Uh, like this is the lone, like, like this is the loneliest generation, and, and the reason for that is it, social media. It's social media. It's like it, the whole thing with it is like we, like I was saying, like we have a bunch of fake friends, and not fake, like ah, oh, this fool's fake, but fake friends, as in like you have like just, and it's awesome for connection, but uh, this idea that man, all my friends are online. Snapchat. But we were it was Snapchat. Follow me. Kick. Uh, but we were created. Kick. Who uses kick and scream you huh? Uh, we were created for community. Like we were like, like you know, like we we're talking about this sometimes. Like like sometimes you just need a hug, right? And like you can't hug your phone. Yeah. Um. You can't hug your friend via Zoom. Right. Uh, and, and so we were created for proximity. Yeah. We were created for relationship. We were created to do life together. And in the process of doing life together, it's being real, being honest, bringing down the mask, mask off. Let's go, right? <laughs> Dang, you say in go. person interaction. I, I would say I w- more than just interaction because you can be present with someone grabbing coffee, but both of you come can be like super fake on your phone. Yeah, but I'm, I'm talking about like sitting, or just even superficial conversations that happen sometimes, like. Getting coffee with someone and not even having a real conversation with them and just the whole time, like, small talk. How's like, the weather? Like, withholding the truth from them? Like, not, like, basically opening up? And I think completely. it's just not, right. it's not just being, it's not being intentional. I think. Right. Uh, it's this thing of, man, we're so good at getting together. Like, I mean, we all love hanging out, right? Yeah. But I think we need to create a space where um, we can be honest about where we're really at. I think we all need someone, at least a person, to know like what we struggle with, right, and what we're dealing with. Yeah. And my heart for Eden 
is that as I go to Andy and I'm like, bro, check this out. Like, this is what I'm dealing with. For Andy not to be like, bro, like, you're 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 the worst person ever, man. Like, like what? Like, I'm shocked. Can I talk to you outside. Let dude. me talk to you outside. You know, <laughs> but that Andy, like, not just Andy, but people within our community, we like would be like, bro, no way. I thought I was the only one too. Oh yeah. I, I struggle with that too. And so let's 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 get better. Let's let's be better in accountability and like how can we practically uh, take steps in the right direction? How can we both find healing? And that falls into accountability. Yeah, and that f- and, and, and I think that's uh, we live in a culture that doesn't have accountability, especially with young people. Yeah. Everybody wants to be like the big dog, like I run the show, like I don't I don't I'm not accountable to anybody. People are accountable to me. But but um, yeah, that's the, that's the restroom. Yeah. And I think that <laughs> that's the that's the flush of oh, yeah. the restroom. Just uh, no, definitely, they think there, they huh? they think they got it. They think they have it under control, but they're still suffering with all these things. And it just takes one problem from your past to withhold you from all this potential and this um, experience of the full freedom that God has given us. That's so good. And, and I think yes, the lack cool. the lack of accountability too is also what's create what creates loneliness because you feel like you can't open up to anybody and you feel like there's nobody who knows you or understands you because you haven't chosen to keep yourself accountable to someone else. And the thing with accountability, it's not that I grab coffee with Andy and I'm like, all right, Andy, tell me what's up. Tell me your sins. Yeah. Accountability is me going to Andy and say, hey, Andy, this is where I'm at. Yeah. Like that's me being accountable. Accountability is not, hey, bro, what's up? Hey, Nani, tell me what's good. It's like, yo, this is where I'm at. This is what I'm struggling with. And um, I think, man, I, I pray that there's people in your life that you can go to and uh, that you can be honest with. And mm-hmm. I think when we um, aren't honest, we rob ourselves. Yeah. Not only from freedom, but we rob ourselves from experiencing the the mercy and the grace of God that is found only through community. Yeah. It's been said that uh, this is this is this. When I heard this, I was like, bro, uh, it said that. Uh, for me to be 99% known and 1% unknown is to be 100% unknown. Wow. Because what people see is the 99%, but the one yeah. thing, right? That one thing no Just one knows one about, that's, that's that 1% we Politics. don't show people, but right. that 1% is who we really are. Right. Like when no one, like that's who we are. Yeah, and definitely. so when I show 99% and I hide that 1%, I'm being 100% unknown to people because they really don't know who I am. Yeah. And so that all comes down to not only knowing who God is, and this also comes to uh, praying that God would open the eyes of our hearts, not only to see what things we need to be free from, but understanding that freedom is found in community. Yeah. And so as a church, we're going to be intentional, not only in creating space where people can know God, but we want to create community where people can be honest about where they're at, yeah. you know, where they can belong before they behave and, and understand that God loves us enough that he accepts us just as we are, but he loves us enough to not leave us there. And he takes Good. us on a journey. And so the first step is know God. The second step is uh, finding freedom. And the third thing, um, it's uh, know your calling. Yeah. It's know your calling. And so the passage reads, I pray that uh, the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. And here's why. 
in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. And what catches my attention, we said this on Tuesday, is that in the Bible, hope is always attached to calling. Yeah. That what gives me hope is knowing that I still have a purpose. Yeah. Yeah. There's in a this reason. world. There's a reason. Yeah. And I think that most of the times where we lose hope, it's because we've lost the vision as to what God wants to do in and through our lives. Yes. And that's why that passage says, without vision, people perish. Because vision and calling are attached to hope. And so if we want to be people who have hope, we need to remind ourselves and we need to know why we were created. And I think this is beautiful because we were talking about this outside earlier. We were saying how um, purpose gives, uh, it's, uh, it's purpose that makes pain bearable. It's it, 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 it's vision. It's understanding the why. It's understanding that, yes, life may suck right now and we're in a freaking pandemic, right? But understanding that, man, God is going to do something through this. And I have a part in this. And I know my role. And I think all of us have gone through some life. Yeah. In my case, you know, I've gone through some, a lot of like family dysfunctions and I've gone through my own struggles and things, but I know that what got me through that, you know, I've gone through the depression, I've gone through it all, but I know what got me through that is knowing that God was going to use that. Maybe I didn't see it at that moment, but I knew that God was going to use that. And so I think it's so important that we know our calling. And I, I was telling uh, this story uh, yesterday, right, of uh, dog races. And I think that's so cool how uh, there's a true story. There's an article. Uh, and I was asking uh, everybody on Tuesday, you know, when there's a horse race, how do you get a horse to run? Obviously, like you can get on top of the horse and give it direction. You can train the horse where to run. Jockeys right? control it. <laughs> seriously now when it comes to dog races how do you get a dog to run you can't get on the dog you know dogs get very distracted right Ganitas. Ganitas, this guy <laughs> i just put it in front of them <laughs> so so um true story this is how dog races function there is this uh mechanical rabbit on the inside of the railing and let's say all the dogs are lined up um they let the mechanical rabbit run first the dogs see the mechanical rabbit, the gates open, and dogs start chasing the mechanical rabbit in circles. And that's how the race happens. Yeah. Now, there's this true story that in Florida, um, the, all the dogs are behind the gate, and the rabbit takes off. Now, there was this uh, technical error. Something happened that the uh, mechanical rabbit exploded Oh, no. And mid-race. And so the dogs are, like, running after this thing, and this thing explodes. And uh, the article tells us that uh, some dogs, you know, they they didn't know what to do because they weren't chasing anything. So they just, just laid there and just took a little nap. Other <laughs> dogs started uh, barking at the people who were cheering them on. And some dogs, they got so disoriented that they ran across railings and they broke some of their ribs. And so some dogs got hurt. And so I think that uh, this is a picture of humanity that doesn't know their calling. We as people were created to follow, right? When we don't know 
our calling. I think we become like these dogs. Yeah. Right? We uh, either sit on the sidelines and don't do anything and we just take a nap and, man, life sucks. And so I'm just going to, you know, go to this little corner, turn off all the lights. And when things get better, then I'll be a part of this. Yeah. So some of us do. Some of us, we look at everybody and we just start barking at everybody. We start getting in broncas with everybody and like, I hate you because of this, 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 this and that. Yeah. We get jealous because God's using that person. And why isn't God using me this way? And that person's 20. And how come I'm 20 and I'm not doing that? I'm 30 and that person's married. Why am I not married? What's wrong with me? I'm 35. Wow. I, ha- I don't have a degree, right? <laughs> and, and so we start barking at everybody. And some of us, when we don't know our calling, what we do is we hurt ourselves. Wow. You know, so there's some of us who have been sitting on the sidelines because we don't know why we were created. Some of us are fighting with everybody because we don't know why we were created. And some of us are just, you know, hurting ourselves because we don't know why we were created. So uh, in order for us to know why we were created, we first need to let go of the past. And in order to let go of the past and realize that we need to find freedom, we first need to know God. And yeah. so it's important to know God. It's important to be free from the past. Once we're free from the past, we need to start looking into the future. We need to start thinking about tomorrow. What am I called for? What am I called to? And, and so um, the one, someone once said, I'm, I'm like talking, I'm just like preaching again. But um, so, someone once said that uh, the way to know you're calling, a simple way to know you're calling is what are you passionate about and what are you actually good at? And where there, those two things intersect, then your calling is somewhere around that area. Yeah. Some of us, and praise God that all of us are different. Oh, sure. So where they intersect, that's yeah. where... So, so, yeah. so think okay. of like this way. Like if you're good at something yeah. and you're passionate about it, where, there, where those two things intersect, your calling is found somewhere along those lines. You know, some people uh, may be super passionate about music. But they're not very good at it. <laughs> so those things will never intersect, you know? Pero quieren ser músicos, you know what I mean? So children's <laughs> ministry. Just kidding. We love children's ministry. It's the, I, I, think, I think it's currently, shout out to Gabi Linas, Lorenita, Angelica, oh, yeah. Jessica, everybody who uh-huh. is Feglin. a part. Feglin, yeah. Feglin, Feglin's a big part of that too. He's the bodyguard. Um, he's the bodyguard to make sure our kids don't take off. But um, coming back to this, uh, there, those are the three things. And then the last thing here, um, which I think is beautiful, um, it's we need to know God. We need to uh, find freedom. We need to know our calling. And the last thing I think is the most important one. It's make a difference. Yeah. It's make a difference. Uh, psychology today tells us that the happiest people are not what? Do you remember? The happiest people are not the ones with the least problems. The happiest people are the ones who make a difference. And this is not even Christian stuff. It's just the happiest are the ones who give. The, the happiest are the ones who give. The happiest are the ones who think of others. Okay. The, other, the happiest are the ones who aren't so centered about what's going on to them. The happiest people on earth are the ones that go to bed and lay their head on the, on the pillow and know they made a difference in someone else's life. And can you believe could it be that God is that smart that he wired us that way? Yeah. That true happiness is not found in getting a new car, a new house, uh, a girlfriend, a boyfriend, or 
if I just had less problems, if I had different parents, if I, I, if I grew up in a different church, and if I, and if I, if I knew how to sing, you know, then life would be better. But it's not true. The happiest people, according to psychology and according to to the Bible, it's the people who think of others, and that's the life that God has called us all to. It's a life that knows God. It's a life that um, finds freedom. It's a life that knows why we were created, and when we know why we were created, we can make a difference. Yeah, true story. Um. So, oh no, <laughs> no. Um, so about well, for the past maybe year, year and a half, um, I've struggled with um, anxiety and some, to some extent, depression. And so, um, I was having a conversation with my dad one time, and he told me, "Could it be that you are depressed?" because you're not doing what you love. And when I got back to doing some sort of ministry, like a little bit, a taste of what God and like ministry and serving was again. And, and I started to become passionate about that again. It was like this breath of fresh air and this like pure joy that it was just like, wow, this is what I'm created for. And And I thought it was beautiful because it's like, that's so true what you said, when you're not focused on your problems and when I'm not focused about how anxious I am or what could go wrong or X, Y, and Z, but when I'm focused on what God has called me to do is when all that seems to, and it's not that it it disappears, but it seems to become sort of like background noise and it's not my main focus. And, um, yeah, and I think, I think it's really beautiful and important to know. It it only took one Saturday to get that little breath. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, just to kind of wrap this up here, I think when it comes down to leading, planting a church, pastoring people, not even pastoring people, just doing life with I think that a practical way to help someone is not to help them. <laughs> this is going to sound like, uh, but hear this out. It, the, the best way we can help people is not help people through the hard moments in life, but it's to show them something bigger than their problems in their life. Yeah. And realizing that their God is bigger than their problems. Right. And realizing that their calling is not gone. Yeah. Because hope and calling are attached to each other. I agree. And so when it comes down to to eat in church and what we're trying to build, we want to be people who know God. We want to be people who are free from our past, that we were ready to step into our future. We're people who uh, know our calling. And when we know our calling, we know our place in the body of Christ. And we can make a difference because our whole life is not a life that is about us. It's a life about um, giving it in sacrifice to other people. It's a life that it's it's not about God use me for the purpose of me or don't use me for the purpose of me because that's we we're so messed up it's like god use me but we got want god to use us so that other people can know that god uses us yeah and when are we going to get to the point in our life where we're like god use me 
not for the purpose of me, but use me so that I can be a blessing for other people, so that I can lay my life down for other people. Question. Yes. So out of these four, uh, who do you, where do you see most people struggling out of these four steps? Even though the, the first one is very crucial and it leads on to the second one, but where do you think people get stuck on the most? I think people get stuck on fighting freedom. Yeah. We're by nature people who love to live in the past, the past hurt. And so I guess the question I want to ask to end this, the question I want to ask is why just go to church when you can be in relationship with the creator of the universe? Why do you like, do you really want to be stuck with the same problem and the same addiction and the same habits that you said you were done with a year ago. Like, do you want to go another year with that? I think most of us would say no, right? Yeah. And I think what's holding us back is thinking that freedom is found in secret, but it's actually found in community. And the last thing is, wouldn't you want to know why in the world you're still breathing? Wouldn't you want to know your place in the body of Christ, wouldn't you want to know why in the world God created you? And it begins by having a relationship with God. And so wherever you find yourself, um, there's hope, uh, there's purpose. And so I think we all know what steps we need to practically take this week. For some of us, it's establishing a relationship with God. For others, it's finding people we trust, people we love, people who love us, right? That's important, people that love us and that we can be honest with. And then also it's praying that God would reveal his His calling, that he's placed in our hearts. And when we do so, man, we can change the world. We can change the world. Yeah, I agree. And so with all that to say, ladies and gentlemen, that is uh, podcast number one of, what do we call this? Eden Culture Class. Eden Perspective. Eating perspective. Chill.